Phil would drive me to the strip clubs. It was literally just the two of us. I would, I would go take our pink box of cupcakes and my hair and makeup supplies because I was finishing cosmetology school at the time, actually. And I would go into the, the strip club back rooms and sit with and do free hair and makeup and lashes and hairspray and stuff for the women working in the strip clubs. Let's be real. We had no idea what we were doing. Oh, literally zero. But I just, yeah, I just she was like just just uh, to share a story. Joy was talking to somebody the other night and said that she had like glued somebody's eyes shut. I mean, before. I wasn't the <laughs> best she was, at lashes. She was putting on lashes and she glued her eyes shut. You're okay, like, it wasn't hey, all the way shut, but seriously, yeah. I, it was. But even that, you know Sorry. what? I remember the girl, and it was literally. I I to this day I love her so much because she just she just like appreciated the pampering and she was really non-judgmental. So as I was learning and it was so funny because I remember like a few weeks in or doing different lashes on her and I was getting a lot better. And she was like, she looked at me, she's like, damn, you're getting good at this. Hey girl. (laughs) You're listening to mom after hours, a podcast where we talk about the wins and challenges of being a modern mom. For real, we don't sugarcoat and we cover everything that is taboo. And don't you worry, mama, we save a seat for you. Hey, 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 this is Brandy Whitetrack, host of Mom After Hours. Welcome to the show. Today, we are breaking Mom After Hours virginity. We have a man on the show today, and he has set the bar high, ladies. Today, we have Joy and Phil Hoover. They are the founders of The Cupcake Girls. Ten years ago, Joy Hoover, a college dropout, and her partner Phil, a software geek, arrived in Las Vegas with no experience, no money, and no plan. But what they lacked in planning and resources, they made up for with heart, determination, and an overwhelming desire to serve. Confronted with stories from local sex workers, individuals in the adult entertainment industry, and others affected by sex trafficking, they knew they had to take action to help this important yet marginalized community in Las Vegas. So they set up shop in their ranky-danky little downtown apartment, and they went to work. So today, Joy and Phil are going to share how a box of cupcakes evolved into a nationally recognized nonprofit with a staff of 10 and a volunteer team of 150, and they're growing more and more each month. They talk about the importance of loving without an agenda and how they're raising their two young girls to be inclusive and like their parents, humans who give a shit. I also love when Joy spills what helps her stay centered in work and family life. She's got a full plate, y'all. She is a CEO of this organization. And there's sometimes where she said that she was gone 20 out of the 30 days. Um, I think she said is past September. So she is one busy woman. And Phil He is very freaking cool. I can't wait till you meet him. He dishes out what men need to do to keep their partner happy and satisfied. That is so worth it. I am not going to keep you guys hanging. We have got to dive in and I know you are going to absolutely love them both and love their story. This was probably one of my most favorite episodes that I've got to do. And I loved having two people on at once and a husband and wife. They are hashtag marriage goals, and I know you will feel the same. So without further ado, mamas, let's jump in. 
we use the phrase Las Vegas saved us, which is kind of wild, right? You don't think of Las Vegas as doing that for folks. I think, you know, Phil and I being raised in the Midwest and being raised in evangelical fundamentalism, um, we had a lot of belief systems surrounding, um, I guess, I guess the big thing surrounding like who we are and if we are good as humans and if what is our purpose and why is that our purpose. And I think in the Midwest, it was hard to evaluate and deconstruct some of those beliefs that were so ingrained in us. And I think coming to Las Vegas helped us to see a wider picture of like life, Mm -hmm. love, community, God, relationships, and I guess we can kick it off and get really, really heavy, but we talk a lot about how it literally saved Phil's life. <laughs> Quite literally. Quite literally. Yeah. The, we can talk about that. I mean, we can talk about it. Yeah. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> so we were uh, on April 2nd of 2013. We had our, our first little girl. So we have two little girls. One is seven and one is four and they're wild and you may hear them running around in the background every once in a while. Super cool. Like love them both. On April 2nd, 2013, we, we had Vivian, who is our seven-year-old. And then on April 10th of 2013, um, we got a phone call that um, my, my dad had kind of had a split with reality. And um, again, a little bit of trigger warning here. Uh, he, he actually shot and killed my mom and my brother. I'm so and sorry, then, Phil. Oh. Yeah, it's it's wild. And, and then and then he and then he committed suicide. It was obviously like, I mean, what do you do with that? Uh, my I have a, a a sister who's a couple years younger than I was, and um, she was actually there at their house about maybe two hours earlier. And and we we've been in Vegas for about three years at this point, and literally, like, I probably would have been at their house when, the, when this whole thing went down. And uh, so it lit- literally Las Vegas saved our lives. Mine wow. specifically, like I probably would have, probably would have been there. Hey, that's a way to start a podcast. Yeah. I'm sorry for your loss. That's, that's. Uh, well, we appreciate that. That's, yeah. And we've, and we've been, it's something that we've been working through for a long time and uh, continue to work through it. We've been in therapy for eight years mm-hmm. and um, for, fortunately we have a, amazing therapist that we've uh we've stuck with and and he's stuck with us and helped us walk through a lot of just a lot of weird shit that's happened in our lives and we're <laughs> yeah for sure we're we're incredibly grateful for it but mm-hmm. yeah vegas vegas has saved our lives in that way like actually saved our lives but it's also like like joy said it's it's convinced us that there's there's more than what we grew up with mm-hmm. we like like she said we both kind of grew up in this evangelical Christian bubble. And uh, we got married. I, we actually met at a church and I, I worked at the church um, after, after we were married and we ended up um, about five years we worked there. And then, and then we decided like, we're going to, we're going to move. So we moved to LA and, and it was beautiful and loved it. And then uh, ended up somehow in, in Las Vegas. Which is the complete and, polar uh, opposite of the Midwest. For sure. Yeah. Well, and, and for us, it was, it was super weird because we started telling people, Hey, hey we're going to, we're going to move to Las Vegas and, and try to try to, I mean, our, our whole goal for moving here was try to help people. And 
for us, it was like, we're going to move to Vegas and we're going to, we're going to help people, but Vegas and the people that we moved here to help actually helped us to have a bigger understanding of, of inclusivity and uh, an understanding of, of how we need to respect everybody else's decisions for the lives that they choose to live. Because yes, we, we don't, we don't have the ability to tell someone like, this is the way I grew up and this is what I believe. So you need to believe it too. I just, I think that that's horseshit and I never want to do that. Mm-hmm. But we don't even do that with our kids. Mm-hmm. Like our kids ask us questions and we go like, well, this mom and this is what we think, but what do what, you think? Yeah, exactly. Asking a seven-year-old, like, what do you think about, uh, what about God or about, about friends that are LGBTQ? Like, what do you think about that? And having her, like our Vivian, our seven-year-old is, she's brilliant. I mean, she's an incredible kid and having conversation as a 42 year old guy, like I can actually have conversations with my seven-year-old that I can almost not have with anybody else because she's so so like, yeah, she's so uh, intuitive and she's so like committed to loving all the people that she's around. Which is great role models, (laughs) (laughs) which is a very diverse group of people. Yeah. But yeah, I think to end it's, this was a long winded answer, but I think ultimately we were able to see life completely differently mm-hmm. and then heal really be able to heal ourselves and obviously heal from the trauma we've experienced the death of those family and also heal from the religious trauma and some of the experiences we we had that we really didn't even know were unhealthy right. and that created unhealthy patterns in us in our marriage in potentially our parenting and in our in our leader my leadership in cupcake girls and so we were able to move away from, you know, there's a quote that a friend of ours uses, or it's like um, the the time in erodes awareness of. And I think we see that in some of the conservative states and some of like just, you know, when you're in that bubble and you're being inundated with information that feels true and feels right to you. And then when you get outside of that and go, oh my God, like, there's a whole nother world. There's a whole nother reality. Like this is stuff is not as certain as I was told it was. Well, when everybody that you know believes the same thing. Yeah. yeah like you're, you're bias. You have all these biases, both conscious and unconscious. And it really helped us to see, see diversity in humans, diversity in people's sexual orientations and the, their gender expressions in their parenting, in their faith expression, spirituality, and in really the way you live life. Yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. So at what point, so when you were living in Vegas, you knew that you wanted to go there to help people. At what point did you Mm -hmm. both realize that you needed to do more for the LGBTQ community or women working in the adult industry? Was there something that happened that made you realize like, shit, these people need help and we need to do something about this? Yeah, we we actually came out to Vegas for our four year anniversary, um, from from Michigan. We were living in Michigan at the time, and we didn't. Um, yeah, we we just came out because we found a, a cheap hotel and a, and a and a cheap airline flight, and we were just coming out because we'd never been here before. And literally, like we landed, the airplane landed, and we were looking out the window, and I turned to Joy and I said, "I would never move here." <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then literally three months later. Three months later, we had had, had sold almost everything that we owned, uh, packed funny. up our little car, and and drove into Las Vegas to to try to help. And yeah, so literally 
helping people in the adult entertainment industry was the reason we moved here. Um, But when we initially moved here, we were working with a a religious group who we thought was progressive and had some of the belief systems of, you know, just love, non-judgmental, like all this stuff. And it turned out that really wasn't the case. And so that first year, which was 2010, was pivotal for us to be like, what is truth? What is reality here? What do, what is helping people even look like? Because philanthropy can be really helpful and honestly really harmful. And how do we do, if we're going to keep doing this and we're going to stay because we, we really built relationships with Mm -hmm. people in the adult industry. Like they were our friends, they were our community. This group, we ended up feeling really disconnected and ostracized and ended up walking away from them because we realized they really weren't what we thought they were. The interesting part was the very people who embraced us, befriended us, uh, supported us, were folks we met in the adult industry. And so we end, we use this term linking arms. We ended up, you know, again, coming out to help the very people that ended up helping us and showing us a new way of living and a new reality And that really started the trajectory of filing for the Cupcake Girls in 2011 as a non-religious, non-political nonprofit. And now we're going to celebrate our 10-year anniversary. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, you guys. (laughs) Wow. That is, yeah, it is. That's fucking hella cool. That is (laughs) impressive. I feel like there's always times where we want to help people. And and I don't mean to put Mm -hmm. down people who volunteer and stuff, but- you literally, it's like, you really took that expression, go big or go home. You took it to the max yeah. and you're like, well, fuck it. If we can't <laughs> help, if we can't help with this organization anymore, we see that there's still a need and we've got to fill it. And the fact that you, yeah. that's mm-hmm. a major undertaking to start your own nonprofit. And I love it, the name cupcake was... girls. And I want you to kind of <laughs> dig in a little bit about how you came up with cupcake girls and what it looked like in those early days when you were evolving and growing. So when we, when we work in that other organization, um, they basically packed their bags and they said, Hey, we're not, we're not doing very well at this here on the ground in, in um, Las Vegas. So we're going to move, we're going to move back to LA and they're going to do their thing there. And so here we are seven months after moving here and we're like, shit, like what do we do now? Mm -hmm. So we, we ended up, um, just and we had a real frank conversation with each other. And we're like, we can either move back to Michigan or we can just say, we're gonna just do it. Mm-hmm. So we just decided we're like, we're not, we're not gonna quit. So we just went forward with it. We did it. We the cupcake piece of it was yeah. actually the other organizations like kind of target, but their thing with cupcakes was like, here's a cupcake, someone in Sin City loves you. And we were like, that feels really patronizing. Um, and cupcakes really don't change people's life. <laughs> But maybe if, cup, we can, if it's a really good cupcake, I uh, maybe for like a moment. <laughs> have you tried a legit yeah. cupcake? No, yeah, right, totally. But what was really cool is that because we, I built relationships with people in the industry, in the adult industry, through those cupcakes. Me personally, I would Phil would drive me to the strip clubs. It was literally just the two of us. I would, I would go take our pink box of cupcakes and my hair and makeup supplies because I was finishing cosmetology school at the time, actually. And I would go into the the strip club back rooms and sit with and do free hair and makeup and lashes and hairspray and stuff for the women working in the strip clubs. Let's be real. We had no idea what we were doing. Oh, literally zero. 
but I just, yeah, I just, she was like, just, just, uh, to share a story. Joy was talking to somebody the other night and said that she had to like glued somebody's eyes shut. I mean, I wasn't the best was, at lashes. She was putting on lashes <laughs> and she glued her eyes shut. You're okay. Like, it hey, wasn't all the way shut, cloud, but okay. seriously, yeah. I, it was, but even that, you know Sorry. what? I remember the girl and it was literally, I, I, to this day, I love her so much because she just, she just like, appreciated the pampering and she was really non-judgmental so as I was learning and it was so funny because I remember like a few weeks in or doing different lashes on her and I was getting a lot better and she was like she looked at me she's like damn you're getting good at this hey girl or something like that and I was like thank you so honestly again like the cupcake girls was built through us in a relationship with sex workers, adult entertainers, and people in the industry, like literally us sitting down with them going, what are your needs? What mm-hmm. resources are you missing out on? Now, that's what that, those will be the conversations in the dressing room. I think that's the key to all of it, though, is asking the people that you're trying to help instead of walking in and going, hey, I see that you need some help. So I'm going to give you this. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, cool. Thanks. But I don't need that. Yeah, um, I think exactly. that's, that happens with uh, with so many intersections of our of our population where we just go this is what you need mm-hmm. you need to have i mean ask somebody like how can i help like, right you, yep. you not even you look like not, not offering help unless somebody's actually asking for it but right. then going okay you're asking for help but what what can i do yeah yeah and i think that was that was really the heart of the cupcake girls in the beginning was like, okay, I'm not a sex worker. I didn't come from this industry. I know that that creates some shortcomings for me to truly understand. So I'm going to sit and provide a service that's helpful, hair and makeup while you're getting ready for free and listen to your, your be a listening ear, listen to the resources mm-hmm. or support you need. And then it became this like trust. We were building this trust. And so then it was, I would walk in and it was, you know, a dancer would be like, Hey, my friend needs your help. She broke her foot or, you know, a, a house mom or a manager would say, Hey, this, this woman was assaulted this week. Can you help? Or then it started getting more and more intense. Like this girl was poisoned by her pimp. Can you go help meet her in the hospital and see what need she has? And, I wasn't prepared for those conversations at all. But at the same time, like all we wanted to do was simply show up and meet the needs of the community Mm -hmm. because we knew that cupcakes would not change anyone's life. Cupcakes without anything wasn't really helpful. But what we knew was if we could meet their needs and simply be a non-judgmental space holder while providing real tangible support and resources that could help them Mm -hmm. empower them to change their life and have the, have the support that they need, you know, also to change their life in the way that they wanted to change it. Exactly. In the way. So it was never like, you know, we never had an agenda of leave the industry or even, even philosophy is actually love without agenda. Yes. I love that. We we use that phrase a lot. Mm So um, real quick to answer your question, (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the reason the reason it's called the Cupcake Girls is uh, we had a couple friends that were volunteering and um, the Joy and a couple friends were walking into a club and somebody came running out. Oh, the Cupcake Girls are here. And she came home and she told me the story. And I was like, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's it's the Cupcake name. Girls. That's called the I Cupcake Girls. She's like, okay, cool. So it just, yeah, just kind of evolved from there. And, uh, and the so, Cupcake is continues to be yeah. an, uh, a connection. It's the, it's that people know when this this specific pink box of cupcakes 
comes in that that's the cupcake girls and we are a a brand that's awesome. yes we are a safe and inclusive space for people to be provided with holistic resources and case management and aftercare for folks experiencing sex trafficking and it starts with a cupcake and that's about you know Five percent of what we five. do. The ninety-five percent is the real <laughs> good like stuff. One percent. Yeah. I love that. So you guys started in Las Vegas, but I've been seeing yeah. you guys are growing quite a bit. So you're in Portland, and can you tell a little bit about yeah. your growth and what things you guys are doing today to help these um, individuals? Yeah, yeah. We um, when we when we started, it was literally the office was literally in. Uh, we lived in a two-bedroom condo, and the office was the second bedroom of our condo. And we had, um, after probably about a year, there was a lot of people in town that were like, Hey, this is cool. We want to help out. So we, we started, uh, picking up some volunteers. And at one point I think there was like 20 people that had keys to our, to our condo. And we were just, <laughs> like, hey, you guys, you just, guys are trusting me. It was wild. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty wild. We, um, we, we would sit, I would remember just sitting on our couch watching TV and people would just be like coming in like doing paperwork and stuff. And I'm like, Hey, how's <laughs> so it going? Funny. It was, or it we was would, like, wild. Make hundreds, like we'd at holidays. We always got like Valentine's or other holidays. We would always get bulk um, roses or flowers, so mm. we could like show up with just like a brighten someone's day for Valentine's or whatever. So we would be, we would have buckets of flowers in water yeah, all over our apartment, our, sitting in our apartment, um, trying to like prepare and get ready for this. But you know that. Humble beginnings of anything, I think, makes you put skin in the game. Yeah, you appreciate right? it more. Yeah, you appreciate it. So, yeah. so as of as of right now, uh, the Cupcake Girls has offices in Portland, um, in Las Vegas is kind of our home base. Um, we have uh, a group in Iowa, uh, Colorado, Denver, Colorado. Um, there's how many in vol- Utah? Utah. There's how many volunteers are there right now? Just from, from the two of us, and then it's grown to. We have a we have fourteen staff and one hundred and eighty six volunteers, oh. and we have about four hundred and twenty six community partners and resources. So people in the community, th- yeah, um, modern well, day super. True. <laughs> I don't know yeah. about that. Yeah, right. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, we just consider ourselves humans who give a shit. And we like to go with, uh, in fact, uh, one of the sex workers that we have built relationship with and has really been just an instrumental support of a cupcake girls for the past nine years. Uh, she, at one point when someone asked her what the cupcake girls was, she's like, you know, honestly, they just give a shit. Like they're just people who give a shit. And so when so we, we started our podcast, humans who give it. a shit, uh, <laughs> we were like the ode to ode to Ella Darling, uh, who's an absolutely amazing human. Um, but yeah, Portland was actually was really cool. One of the very first clients we had in Las Vegas was um, a woman who had a dental abscess really bad in her mouth. One of the strip clubs that we were visiting, she just said like, hey, can you help? I'm like, here's our card. And so she, when she called, I was like, yeah, you know, let me call our dentist partner. We did not have one at the time. And so I just called 20 dentists in Las Vegas and asked if said someone in our community needs support. She was going to the ER over and over because the pain was so bad, but she didn't have insurance. And um, so ended up finding a dentist, take, driving her to the dentist. We got some pro bono work and then she did a payment plan for the rest of it. And literally that experience for that individual changed her life because she was no longer in pain. She was no longer having to rack up ER bills. Mm-hmm. 
And she was just like, it transformed her life, which really helped me go, okay, this is it. Like it's, it's meeting real tangible needs. And then she was like, okay, well, I want to go on the peace score. I want to do this. Like she just kept giving me into the next thing. I was like, okay, let's do it. Like, let's, <laughs> you're so I'm you're like, kind I of don't... like a life. I don't mean to laugh, but I'm like, you're kind of like, I mean, besides providing these resources, you're a cheerleader for them. You're a life coach. Like yeah. you're really, you're more than just cupcake girls or a friend. I mean, like you yeah. are going above and beyond for, I, yeah, think, we I think that that idea of a cheerleader, I think it's beautiful because that's kind of, that's kind of what we have, um, a lot of our volunteer staff um, who who work directly with clients, that's more so what they do. We're not we're not saying like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna change your life and this is what you need to do to change. We're going, what do you want to do? How can we help? Yes, you're gonna put the work in. You're the one that's changing your life. You're the one that's making the decisions to go out and better yourself, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you want to become a better parent, whether it's you want to uh, you want to be better with your finances. Um, whether it's, if you want a different job, like we can help you find that if you want, but that's not the goal. We've, we've never, we've never pulled somebody out of the industry. It's just not something that we do because that's not the philosophy that we have personally. And we're not going to put that into the organization. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we are, we call our, we, our team that works with clients are client advocates and we, we talk about this, this idea of linking arms. Like we are not above them or in front of them. We're linking arms equally with them to say, you are important. You are invaluable. No one can take your place. What can we do to get you to holistic balance, to safety, to whatever you're looking for right now? And, um, and yeah, like Phil mentioned, we have an internship program. I think we have 12 interns and I think we have 52 advocates that are that last year in 2020, we had 759 new clients, brand new clients. That's not even just clients that have been consistent in our case management program. And obviously we pivoted a lot in 2020 Mm -hmm. who didn't. And we, we were disagree that 2020 was a shit show. (laughs) It was wild. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's. I just wish we could um, delete that year and. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Restart. However, yeah, restart. yeah. How, however, like I also think it showed us a lot of us what we're made of, and that's really you know you kind of had it was like sink or swim, you know. Let's let's go, let's do this, and I'm really proud of the way the team pivoted, and also that one of the things we were able to do is go, okay, we were expand, we're, we're providing these services in Las Vegas and Portland. We have some clients in other States, but then we started getting just, you know, the floodgates coming in because there wasn't really any support as obviously all strip clubs closed, legal brothels throughout Nevada closed. People lost their jobs overnight as so many people did, but the stimulus checks left out anyone in the adult industry. Oh my! God. And so there was literally zero support for folks. And so we were getting, we were able to um, just keep raising money, keep reaching out to the community and end up giving about two over just over $200,000 in direct grant or bills paid to pay rents, to pay food for kids. I mean, we had a client call us in the middle of COVID that said, I'm going to potty train my one-year-old because I can't afford diapers. Oh. Uh, and I was like, fuck that. No one wants to do <laughs> yes. that. We're just sending you diapers now. Like, yeah. um, and so this is hundreds and hundreds of people that 
you know, we're left out in the cold, left out to this. And so it was really phenomenal how our team was able to show up and continue. And now, you know, in 2021, we're going, okay, how do we do this a little more sustainably? That was not sustainable um, at the time. Like you said, though, everybody just kind of swimming, just trying to keep their head above water. Mm -hmm. I think that was, Mm -hmm. that was the way it was for the cupcake girls too. was like, keep treading, keep treading water. We're going to make it, we're going to make it. And now we're going, okay, now we're kind of like, we're starting to get through it a little bit. How do we, like Joy said, how do we continue to make this better? Cupcake girls 2.0 sustainability, sustainability, baby. So how, Um, how have your client's stories impacted the way you raise your two daughters? Oh, literally. <laughs> I just want to cry thinking we're, about it. <laughs> so we're we're pretty open. Um, we don't talk a lot about like more so calling like our friends. I'll, I'll put it this way. Our our daughters have been around uh, a lot of adult entertainers in their lives just because we have friends that are. Mm-hmm. But we don't treat them any differently. Like why would we treat them differently? They're not different. They just have a different job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our our seven year old Vivian, um, we live in downtown Las Vegas, uh, so we have a, a significant amount of of homeless. We call them neighbors, so persons that don't have homes here in Vegas. And uh, Vivian, we would drive around, and anytime she saw somebody, she'd almost start to cry, and we're like, "Why? Why are we doing this? Why are we crying right now?" So what what she does now is she actually takes her money. And she buys uh, water and socks, granola bars. And we just put together these little packages for our, what we call our homeless friends. And then when we're driving around, we just hand them out. I oh. think I think being around sex workers has influenced us, again, to be more open with our kids about uh, about where kind of where everybody else is at. And then we don't and there's no judgment. Mm-hmm. So I think for us, it's it's brought us to the point of saying we're we're cool with everybody and we allow everybody else to make their own decisions because we don't have a choice in that. I said allow, but I didn't even mean that. I mean, we just respect everybody else's choice and we respect our kids. Like we talk about uh, talking about parenting and the way we do it is we've, we've talked, started talking about um, childism a lot. So our seven-year-old will actually bring that up and she'll be like, this feels like childism. <laughs> we're like, we're like, so chill funny. out, chill out, dude. Uh, you, you be cool. I'm still the dad. She's still the mom. We're still going to tell you what to do, but we explain it to her. Uh-huh. We explain it well to both of them. We say, I don't want you to do this. Not because I don't want you to have fun. I don't want you to do this because I, I don't want you to get hurt mm-hmm. or, or you're being too loud or so allowing allowing our kids to have their individuality, uh, I think is, is something that neither one of us grew up with that. So, exactly. and, and now because of the connections that we have with sex workers, understanding that everybody else has their own individuality. Now we can actually see that in our kids and bring them up that way. I love yeah, that. I, I love that. We're all humans. I, like you said, we're all humans. Yes. It doesn't exactly. matter what your job is, your skin color, what yes. clothes you wear, whatever. Yep. Bottom line, we're all humans and we're united. In yes, you. exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. I, I love the way you parent. Oh, thank you. I think one, I think one really amazing experience we had with our kids was there's, um, a day that's, um, to end violence against sex workers. And we, we were, participating in a march 
And Vivian, our seven-year-old, we were going to make, we do a lot of marches with the kids, uh, Black Lives Matter. We've done gun violence. We've just, you know, we want to speak up for and stand up for the things that we feel really important. Mm -hmm. We want to teach the kids what that looks like to be an ally, So you know? And so Vivian was making signs and she was like, you know, her first sign she wrote was, um, love, ev- love all people and respect and all respect people. all people. And then she wrote, um, we talk a lot about consent, uh, in our home and she wrote on the sign, no means no. And it really dawned on me that like, because of the work that we get to do and the, the arms that we get to link with sex workers and their experiences safety is, you know, the safety and dignity of our clients is our number one priority at the Cupcake Girls. And we get people coming to us that have experienced a lot of lack of safety, a lot of pushing their own consent or boundaries. And it's in some ways it's eye-opening and it's incredibly brutal to know that like that level of violence against someone else exists. It, it's hard. It like, it's hard to even fathom, honestly, the stories that we've heard. But it has taught us to be extremely protective, but protective in a way of empowering our children at every single every single age, so four and seven, but since they were literally babies, trying to talk about their agency, mm-hmm. their consent, their choice. And Phil actually did started doing this thing. Oh my gosh! Before yeah. the kids could even talk or yeah, anything, they, they could say say yes or no. Yeah, they but would I say started, yes. No. I started this game with them where I would, um, where I would, I was like, "Hey, I'm going to tickle you," and I would walk up and like tickle them and have fun. They're laughing and they're giggling, and I'm like, "Hey, whenever you want me to stop, you just say stop." So I would for Vivian, I would I would tickle, and I do it with Ruby now too a lot. But I just walk up behind him and tickle him, grab him, and and, and they'll go stop, 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 and I immediately. I'll stop. And he puts his hands up like, so they can see like he's stopping. And and that's what we're trying to get them to understand is you can say, no, mm-hmm. you can say stop. And then we teach them, we go a step further and I'm like, Hey, so if somebody is like really bugging you or they're trying to, and, and we, we use it as like kind of schoolhouse or schoolyard terms right now, but they're, they're really bugging you or they're, they're being annoying or whatever. And you say, Hey, I, I would, I would appreciate it if you would stop or would you please stop? And then if they don't, what do you do next? And then, and then we say, put your hand out and say, I said, stop and raise your voice a little bit. I said, stop. And then what happens if they still don't stop? And they're like, I get, I find a teacher or I find mom and dad, or I find another adult that can help. They're like, yeah, that's good. What happens if there's nobody there? And this is where my, uh, I want to see my seven-year-old do this so badly. I, I, probably, I probably shouldn't say that as a parent, but I want to, because the final thing that we teach them is, if somebody's really doing it and they're just bugging you and harassing you and you've told them and you've asked them and you can't find anybody else, what do you do? And Vivian will go, I punch him in the nose. And I'm like, yep, <laughs> you punch him square yep. in the nose. <laughs> and run. So, so, yeah, exactly. So we're trying to teach them like even now, uh, because um, we understand what what the world is like and or what it can be like. And we understand that sometimes um, – in this patriarchal society that we live in that, that women can maybe not be looked at as equals or looked at as, as um, what I don't want to say a piece of meat, but that's kind of Mm -hmm. what it feels like sometimes. And we're teaching them now. And these are the things that I hope they bring into there and we'll continue to have these conversations as they get older, but 
we want them to bring these things into their, their adult lives. Like, Hey, I would really appreciate it. Be kind. I'd really appreciate it if you would stop. And if they don't, then you, you let them have it a little bit. You're like, I said, stop. And, um, it's, I love that it's, you're it's been really cool. I, and I, I love how you enlist your daughters as ambassadors and helpers. And would, would you yeah. say <laughs> that blending work and family helps you to manage that heavy load? Cause you guys got a lot on your plate. You have a lot. Yeah. You know, Phil, it's, we're kind of unique in the way that we work because I'm a much better CEO than Phil is, and he's a much better homemaker than I am. So it really works out because yeah. I take a lot of the responsibility of I am I am the, you know, we are co-founders, but I am the CEO and leading the organization. And he is homeschooling the kids and keeping the house and then showing up and volunteering. And I would say we've found that balance, but we it's been, we literally found the balance only right before COVID, which is kind of wild to think about. But I think because the kids know what a lot about what we do and how we care for people, like Vivian always, I always ask Viv, like on the really busy weeks that I have, like, are you feeling okay about mommy being gone? Like, are you feeling like, do you want some one-on-one time? And she'll just be like, she'll typically be like, I'm really happy and I'm sad, mom. And I'm like, well, why? And she's like, well, I'm so happy that you're so busy helping so many people, but I also really miss you. Um, we had, so, we had, uh, before, before COVID hit, was it se- that September before? I don't she, remember. But. Joy, Joy, in a span of like 40 days, I think she was gone like 30, oh, wait, like 30, 32 30, days yeah, or something like yeah. that. That's um, thankful. Well, and it, it, it was, but thankfully, I don't know. There's, there's kind of a blessing and a curse with everything, but for us, like COVID has actually been really interesting because it allowed joy to stay home or like to work out of the office at home, which is our bedroom, uh, the closet that we're sitting in right now. But we, yeah, we've, we've been able to, um, to adjust the life that we thought we wanted. Uh, I, I worked at a tech company for a long time and I uh, was actually a, a pastor at a church here in Las Vegas for a while. And, and, and we just decided like, this is not, this is not what we want. Like this, we're not, we're not able to do everything that we want to do with our lives. Mm-hmm. And so we just made the decision. It was like, yeah, I mean, with, with uh, daycare and um, school and all this stuff, like we don't, we're not missing out on a whole lot. So we adjusted our budget a little bit and, and cut as many expenses as we could. Yeah. And we live very simply. Phil drives a 2007 <laughs> it's a beautiful, Nissan. It's a beautiful Nissan Versa. That cannot pass a smog test. But <laughs> honestly, it does drive <laughs> really smog well. Test. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, and we just we we still live, we live simply because we are fulfilled within the purpose of create of using our privilege to uplift and support other folks, not mm-hmm. so that we can speak for them, but so that we can create safe and inclusive spaces so that they can speak for themselves and that they can be empowered in who they are. It's amazing how, how many things that you do for how many people. And I'm so curious to know, like, how do you keep your marriage healthy? Like, if, especially mm-hmm. when you're when you're having to just work constantly yeah. And running a nonprofit and then also being in the field too. I mean, you, there's only so many hours in the day. How do you keep Mr. Hoover yeah. happy? Well, for, <laughs> she said, how do I, I keep Mr. Hoover happy? Exactly. How to do that. Oh, God. <laughs> what? No. What are you talking? No. 
um get your mind out of the gutter joy we uh <laughs> we're big big into enneagrams. oh we are we're big on enneagrams well one of, one of us is uh, <laughs> the other one is the, the i am but i talk so much about it yeah. that uh he now knows everything about enneagram so which is a personality to yeah. do you know about it personality? Yeah. yeah so what are you what are both of you so i'm a three an okay. achiever and phil's a nine a peacemaker so you know, honestly, Phil is very simple. He loves to be at home. He loves to create like cozy. She Joy had a three day uh, work thing where she had to stay in a hotel over this last. This I last. just got back this and, morning. Yeah. Um, and I, so I redid the wood floors. Yeah. Wait, you like, just keep the wood floors. Yeah. He made. Well, wood, we had we had this really shitty, really carpet shitty carpet in, out in our bedroom and yeah. in, a, in our girls' room. So I was like, okay, rip this all out. And this has been <laughs> in the plans for a little while, but I wanted to make it like so. When she came home, she's like, oh wow, this is really great. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, because I'm a nine, I also tend to fail to finish things completely. Sometimes, it's about ninety eight percent done. <laughs> but, but it's going to be done. But it looks wonderful. Yeah, it looks amazing. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I, I have a I I have a I think a cool ability of of just making this house into what she feels comfortable in. And we we have this idea of making it like a safe space for for joy because she's the one that's gone. And when she her job is really stressful. So when she comes home, she needs to have peace and relaxation and um so that's that's kind of what we do. Again, that's what he does. I would say how I I guess we are super honest and open with what Mm -hmm. we need and we don't play. We do not play games. We're not like, Oh, I'm going to say something and drop it here and hope that he hears me or she hears me like that doesn't work. And honestly, we've had some of those patterns. We've been married 15 years um, together, 17. I'm so literally half my life. I'm only 34 and we won't talk about how old Phil is. I'm just kidding. Exactly. Exactly. But we've, we have worked really hard. We, we can, no matter how busy we are, we do therapy every two weeks. We do not miss a session. Mm-hmm. And that has helped us to be able to learn how to communicate and work through problems without pushing them down further. And I would say that we value are like we are truly best friends. Like when something happens, Phil's my first phone call, and he, it, same thing with him. And so we value friendship and we value relationship as well as romance and time together. And so we take that. No matter how busy we are, we always will take, you know, try to take time an hour in the evenings or uh, coffee on the step for fifteen minutes bef- in the morning. Or we we do we try to do daily, weekly monthly, quarterly, and annual time um, to really connect with each other. Um, and our therapist has helped us a ton with that. One one of the pieces that I think has helped so much for us is we do these quarterly overnights. So we'll get, we'll use hotel, uh, credit card points and we can get a hotel f- like for free then through our points. And we'll take, we'll get a sitter for the kids and we'll take 24 hours where we disconnect from everything and we can li- we don't have to be, I don't have to lead. We don't have to be parents. We don't have to be le- like anything, but just lovers and friends. Well, yeah. We disconnect from everything else, but we yep. connect with each other. Yep. And we plan and do everything that oh, we want to do. do. We, oh boy. Do we connect? We oh, connect. I bet. <laughs> 
uh, we tr- we try to make it really fun well, and exciting and yes. Right. Well, when you've got twenty four hours in a hotel room with no yeah. and no well, electronics, or if you actually turn your phones off, airplane. I mean, obviously, got to keep it on a little bit just yeah. to with the kiddos. Well, we do but- like silly. We do like silly little things. Like anytime we go to a hotel with just the two of us, we stop at and we get snacks and and beer or whatever we want to have, and and we always get like what we call hotel cups where we get like a, a souvenir cup from wherever, like wherever we can find it. And that's what we, that's what we drink, um, whether it's water or again, water or drinks or whatever, soda, whatever it is, we just try to drink out of that cup and then we bring it home. And then, and then we, so we have probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 different little hotel cups that we just keep in our, in our cupboard. And it just, again, like, I think as, I think as relationships, like there's this idea that like you, it gets monotonous. It gets boring. Like the fun is pulled out of it. Right. And it's like, it is easy to do that because your partner's in so many other things that you're just like trying to like keep, you know, the lights on and the kids alive and like, you know, all of that. This, this gives us a chance to create like excitement, fun, romance, sexiness, whatever it is. And a lot of times sleep, we actually get sleep, which is like, amazing right as parents you actually sleep sleep. yeah we sleep in um and then yeah we use those cups as a reminder if we're in between those because it's a few months in between that like we think of the memories and we cheers one another to the memories again to like kind of hold us over to the next time Mm -hmm. i think i think we forget to have fun as adults and i think we think marriage has to be miserable sometimes and I think that's sad. Like I, you know, like I genuinely, like, I think our sex life is better today than it was it year one. And I think our friendship is deeper. And mm-hmm. so with all of that and our communication is better, we've honestly just learned to fight better. That's really what the reality is. Like we, we can fight it out in a way that's actually productive to get to the root of issues to then try to see each other as human and as sexy love. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. We're in the middle sexy. of the fight. Like you are so sexy right now. Oh I just want to. Oh my God. You're so like, hot. Shut the Yell fuck up. Leave me yeah, Exactly. That's how I you feel. Have, but it makes you laugh though. Like I would say, shut yeah. the, but like I, yeah. yeah but totally. it would make you laugh. Yeah. Oh, no, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. That's hashtag marriage goals. That, so that's right. That is so. That's cool. our marriage goal too. I love that. I'm. I'm going to tell my hubby. I'm like, um, excuse me. When are we going to go to hang out at a hotel and have that's some right. time? Yeah, I know. I, bet- I don't. We have no excuses. I think. Well, what he would say is, oh, you can't be a, away from Violet. So I have a three year old and I have a fifteen year old mm. um, stepson, which obviously he's fine with being on his own or whatever at home, but. Mm-hmm. my husband would say oh you can't be away from violet overnight and it's like i can watch me but watch for him me. it's really about the money i think because he's like well why do you pay for a hotel we've got a house 15 minutes from downtown <laughs> yeah oh so he doesn't there, get well, it <laughs> so. there's something that happens when you when you unlock the door of a hotel because there's no pressure and that's that to me that's what i found for joy, like to walk into a hotel and everything is like spotless and clean and there's nobody yelling and it's got a decent view. And, and you're like, she's like, this is, this is cool. Honestly, every husband listening to this or partner or spouse listening to this needs to take this advice because if your spouse or partner is stressed, 
the one that's being, you know, being mommy, 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 or you like, if or, you are or 16 times in a day, dad, can I have a treat? Can I have a treat? <laughs> we actually made treat cards yeah, for, that's kids now good. for, for every, every week. They get seven treat cards. That is- Anyways, I think the reality is oftentimes in marriage, we go, I can't afford it or it's not worth it or whatever. It's like, is it worth you building your romantic and friendship relationship so that when the kids are gone, you have something deeper and stronger and you can enjoy one another even at other levels rather than forgetting about what started your family in the first place. We tell our kids, we were here first. Me and dad, we were here (laughs) first. We wanted you. We planned for you. We, we, we prayed for you. Like we wanted, but ultimate, like me and daddy's relationship, we talk about us going on dates, which we do. We try to also go on dates at least every other week or have an in-house date, uh, DoorDash, uh, and Netflix date. But like you, we get to decide what our relationship look, relationship and romance looks like. And there's no rules. I just want to like, by the way, no one has it down and there's actually no rules. You get to make them. So if you're unhappy, tell your partner what you need. And that's what we started doing. Mm-hmm. I, I needed romance. I needed fun. I needed to not have anyone be able to ca- ask me questions or try to connect with me or anything. I just wanted to be able to be free and me and have fun and enjoy yeah. that. And, and, if, and if you're a dude and you're listening to this, I can vouch. It is worth it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, there you go. Let's be real. You heard it. Home magically Bro. turned to yeses. Bro. That's right. Bro, it's worth it. You get some, Make sh- it happen. You get some champagne <laughs> and a robe and yeah, good, yeah, t- good uh, time. You get some swanky time. music. That's 100%. Yeah. I, I've so freaking enjoyed talking to both of you. Yeah, you guys true. are like just a breath of fresh air. You guys make me wish that I lived in Vegas because if I could hang out with people like out. you all day, you guys are fucking awesome, <laughs> awesome people. Oh hell yeah! I'm actually. Yeah, we, we know we know where the good hotels are. <laughs> <laughs> by the hour or by the night? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely by the whole 24 hours. <laughs> um, so where where can our listeners learn more about the Cupcake Girls? And most importantly, how can we support the cause? Uh, well, you can find us on social media at Cupcake Girls Org. And the cupcake, thecupcakegirls.org is our website. And that's really like what is so cool about the Cupcake Girls is we are tr- a true grassroots still community-led organization. Um, we talked about 186 volunteers, our partners. Um, if you have a skill set that you want to offer, it doesn't even have to be in Las Vegas. We actually have partners in lots of other states. So if you, that could be doctor, dentist, lawyer, therapist, tutor, anything you can think of that's a skill, um, financial advisor, like those are, these are tangible resources we provide to our clients at pro bono or deeply discounted rates. Um, if you're looking for a, a charity to support, every dollar we raise goes really far for us. And honestly, the thing that I always say too is we can all start the fight of eradicating sex trafficking by valuing people that work in the adult industry and fighting our own biases when we think of sex workers or uh, adult entertainers um you know, a lot of the harm that is caused to people in the adult industry is due to stigma 
and marginalization and and our own frankly our own biases around the the value of another human if you believe in the essential dignity of all humans that does include sex workers and if you have viewpoints around that maybe check in with yourself as to why that is because they are human beings just like we are amen joy <laughs> amen yeah. And that drop mic yeah, drop, baby. Yeah, hell yeah. Girl, you need to like fucking, you need like your own special on like the Oprah Winfrey network. Yeah, yeah, like, make it I'm, I'm like, seriously, you guys are just, you guys are fucking awesome. I so I'm you're, trying. you're one of my favorite. Well, I always see Joy. I don't, you don't really post that much, Phil, but I, Joy, you're yeah. one of my favorite people Sorry. to follow on, <laughs> on Instagram and just seeing all the things that you do and your motivational yeah. posts and the videos of your daughters and your kids and, you know, just the things that you guys <laughs> do together as a family. It's really inspiring and touching and real. And I just want to give, you know, hats off to you guys for just being fucking top notch people. We appreciate that. I wish we could. We appreciate that. We're, oh, I don't know Whoa. about that. I don't think I we can handle <laughs> another. <laughs> the world needs more joys and fills. Uh, oh, actually, that's well, uh, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> joys and fails that's right yeah. oh my god well feelings mutual brandy okay y'all now let's be honest were they not the coolest couple around yes they were if you would like to learn more about the cupcake girls volunteer donate or just see how cool they are in the flesh check out the cupcakegirls.org and let me know what you think about having men on the show. I've been trying to shy away and just feature mamas and the ladies because, hell, men are freaking everywhere and we kind of need our sacred space. But I loved having Phil on the show. He did set that bar high, but I want to know what y'all think. Send me a DM on Instagram at momafterhours or feel free to email me at hello at momafterhours. I would love to hear from you. Let me know what you thought about the show. And if you liked it, subscribe, rate, or review, Mama. I love you. And until next time, bye.